0: Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. And of course, later on in the podcast, we'll have our weekly conversation with Andrew Malcolm, the regent of redstate.com, the prince of Twitter, joins us to discuss all sorts of different uh, topics, including the, the media bias that's still going on in terms of the Hunter Biden story, uh, we talk about his his latest and greatest at Red State. You got to check that out as well. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Biden. We talk about all sorts of different fun things. But first, the top story today is clearly the raid on Donald Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago by the FBI and the Department of Justice. This broke last night. It's unprecedented in American history. We've never had uh, the Department of Justice or any federal agency raid a former president's house uh, we've never actually even had them conduct a raid on somebody who is clearly one of the front runners to run against the current president, um, You know, somebody from the opposite political party. This raises all sorts of questions. One is that the Department of Justice had to know just how unprecedented this was. Attorney General Merrick Garland had to have signed off on this. Christopher Wray at the FBI had to have signed off on this. So the question becomes, What is it that they were looking for? Because the initial reports that this is about document retention just simply doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it certainly had the Presidential Records Act. There's been a lot of accusations that Donald Trump has violated that. Uh, The National Archives have been in a tussle with him ever since he left office over documents that he had. They handed over some documents in February, and and Trump was still continuing to work with the National Archives and the the Department of Justice, apparently, at least according to the Miami Herald this morning, on determining whether or not he needed to release any more of the records that he retained at Mar-a-Lago. They put put a padlock on it. They increased security around it while this was going on. Uh, The Miami Herald said that the FBI used this as a predicate, the, the cooperation as a predicate to get the search warrant. So this is the same type of complaint that the Department of Justice refused to pursue when it came to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about this six years ago. Uh, we were six years ago, almost, almost six years ago to the day, James Comey got up and said, well, we're not going to prosecute Hillary Clinton for any crimes related to her mishandling of classified information. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a precedent to me. Because she was a political candidate at the time, she was a candidate for president. She was former Secretary of State. She didn't even really have technically the uh, the plenary declassification authority while she was in office that she could have used to argue that um, that she could make she could make the decision on whether or not to keep this material on her server, which she was using to transmit. I mean. As illegal as it may or may not have been for Trump to keep those records, he wasn't transmitting them anywhere. (laughs) They weren't on a server. They weren't on a private server that was unsecured um, and that was operating basically to evade um, not just the presidential record act, which wouldn't have applied to Hillary Clinton, but um, other record retention acts, plus some very clear statutes about the mishandling of classified information. So... If it's not that, and Andy McCarthy, I write about this later on in in the post. I have a series of posts um, on this today. Uh, Ron DeSantis weighed in. Glenn Youngkin weighed. In. I want to talk about Glenn Youngkin in just a moment. But Andy McCarthy, when I talked young uh, in the Glenn Youngkin post, Andy McCarthy argues that there's just simply no way that this is about document retention. This is a predicate to have uh, with something to do with January 6th. Now, and Andy's a former uh, federal prosecutor. We've interviewed him here. Many, many, many times. He's a great guy. He's very insightful. He understands how the Department of Justice works. And he thinks that they're working on a different case and they use this as a predicate to do a complete search to try to tie Trump to the violence of January 6th. And he also kind of thinks that that's a stretch too. And I think that that might be a big stretch and that they are really going to open themselves up for massive charges of politicization if they don't actually deliver anything out of this search, anything of use out of this search. If all that comes up out of this is the type of document uh, issues that the Department of Justice refused to hold Hillary Clinton accountable for, that is going to be seen as massively political and maybe fatal to the structure of the Department of Justice and the FBI. Because once Republicans take control of Washington, and they're eventually going to, They're going to go after the DOJ and the FBI very hard on this. They're already inclined to do so based on other politicizations that have taken place. Notably, as Glenn Youngkin pointed out, the attempt to paint parents objecting at school board meetings as domestic terrorists, and then the refusal to enforce the clear federal law against demonstrating at the homes or offices of federal judges After the leak of the Dobbs decision was made, and uh, the the demonstrations that took place in front of the um, in front of the justices' houses, the Supreme Court justices' houses, Merrick Garland refused to enforce that law. Uh, Larry Hogan in Maryland, Youngkin again in Virginia, were, were demanding enforcement of this. Garland eventually sent U.S. Marshals out to protect the justices, but did nothing about the demonstrations. And as far as I know, those demonstrations are continuing, and they're continuing to do nothing about it. Um, so they're already opened up for politicization. And I think Youngkin actually makes the better case today. Ron DeSantis responded immediately last night uh, by saying that this was just another example of the regime's weaponization of the federal, of federal agencies. And um, now, I think that that's getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. We do still have to wait and see what the Department of Justice is up to. It may be that they have a big criminal case that's going to come down that's you know, established and, and provable against Donald Trump, in which case this raid would make some sense. And I think it's important that we don't all just jump to uh, one particular conclusion, but leave room for that. However, <laughs> they'd better make that explanation pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, and, and I mean, within days. Because if this thing stretches out weeks or months, it's gonna make it look as though they're trying to backfill against the against the unprecedented intrusion in electoral politics that this represents. Especially, you know, why do you why do you do this three months ahead of the midterms? I mean, if you have this case, maybe you execute this thing in May or April, or maybe you wait until mid November to do it when it isn't going to involve the midterm cycle. So all of these are good questions. Um, and I, again, we've got a lot of interest on this on, on the reader pages. Clearly, the, it's the topic of the day. It's the story of the day. Uh, there's probably nothing that's really going to vie against it today. Um, Jazz, how, however, has a good post up about a, a tip poll, IBD tip poll, about um, the majority worried about Joe Biden's mental health. And not the first time we've seen that either. Um, but be sure to read that. And uh, All Upon It has something coming up about the... Um, about the uh, recent polling on um, on the midterms for congressional races, and that um, G- the GOP's internal polls show them that they're actually being competitive in D-plus double-digit districts. I suspect that this is at least initially going to boost those prospects, because people are going to look at this and say, you know, this is an administration that's obsessing over donald trump and um it especially if they don't deliver the goods i mean they're gonna they're flirting with a backfire of historic proportions here and i suspect that republicans are already cutting the ads i think donald trump in fact, karen uh, townsend has a post coming up at uh, 2 eastern time talking about an ad that donald trump has already cut about the raid it won't be the last And I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans going very public about their unhappiness over this. Kevin McCarthy says he's going to hold a full-scale investigation uh, once Republicans return to the majority in the House. Um, Yeah, I I think you're going to see this drill down very rapidly. And perhaps in the same manner that Nancy Pelosi constructed the select committee on January 6th, which is to say extremely extremely one-sided uh, an extremely one-sided committee to to handle it um there's this is what happens when you set precedents is that people follow the precedents uh, we'll see i i still want to say that we should keep our powder dry until we see what the department of justice has to say about this but i got to tell you that was a bombshell last night and bombshells sometimes explode in unexpl- unexpected directions and i suspect that everybody's predicting and nobody's quite sure what's happening yet only merrick garland can know for sure what what the intent here is but he'd better have a really good explanation for this all right coming up next andrew malcolm the regent of redstate.com the prince of twitter joins us for our weekly tuesdays with andrew so stay tuned Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show Podcast. Great to be back with you. On Tuesdays, as always, we talk with Andrew Malcolm, the Prince of Twitter, uh, the Regent of Redstate.com, where he does some great work on VIP, both on uh, in the spoken word as well as the written word. Andrew Malcolm at AH Malcolm on the Twitters is welcome back. Thank you,
1: Ed. It's good to be here with you.
0: Well, we've got a lot to talk about today, but we've got some bad news that just came across yeah. just as just as we were getting ready to do this. Um, because we're both very big fans of Luthia Newton John, who passed away after a very long battle with breast cancer uh, at seventy three. Uh, you know, in my mind, she's always going to be you know twenty one years old, and yeah. you know. Um, Doing if not for you and please, Mister Please and all the wonderful, wonderful music that she did, the the movies that she did. But we talk about the music. Uh, talk about the movies at least, Andrew. Um, I, you're sufficient. You're insufficient in one movie. Um, you <laughs> revealed to me that you've never seen Greece.
1: No, I've I- seen. Yeah, I've seen bits of it. Um, uh, was those greaser movies never appealed to me but it should have because i loved olivia newton john and i'm sure that she loved me um we never met but um uh, i fell in love with her when i saw xanadu which is you you think was a terrible movie and and i think i think was just magic gene kelly uh singing and and uh roller skating i just uh...
0: it's a very 1980 movie I, I will say this this is i mean this is really like end stage disco um yeah. it really it was close to, it was close to end stage disco and it flopped i mean it was a big flop at the box office but the music was really good and you know the it, i think this was just a script issue right because the people who were in it were good she was yeah. good gene kelly is of course you know legendary Oh gosh, I can't think of the the male yeah, actor.
1: Neither, neither can I. But yeah, um,
0: he was very much a nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties actor, and I can't think of his name now. But but yeah. um, but look, I mean, it was fun. It was supposed to be fluff. It was a musical. It was supposed to be fluff, and um, you know, she didn't do a ton of movies after that. I think she did. Was it Two for the Road? I think with uh, John Travolta as a follow up, yeah. and that didn't do well either. But of course she made beautiful remember. music before and after that.
1: Oh, the music oh just, it just it's just just i I just loved her music, but there was one um was one song that we didn't mention of hers that uh, uh oh, I guess i deleted it already it's, but there uh, was um I forget what what well maybe it's in the don't be that's all right we'll go ahead i'll see if well
0: i, I mean see. there's just tons of great songs i mean i just i just named the two right off the top of my head to start off with but i mean she was doing she was doing um i guess you could call it uh full you're the rock. one that
1: i want you're the one that. <laughs> well
0: that was from greece you're the one that i want. was from greece yeah well, that was a that was a duet with uh, john travolta and um yeah i mean let me tell you something that summer i was 15 years old that summer when greece came out and we were at the theater over and over and over again. <laughs> I remember being in Lake Havasu, spending the summer with my cousins, like I usually did, Lake Havasu, Arizona. And, um, oh, you know, we had all of their friends and, and we were out there and we would go to the drive-in theater. We'd come back and we just...
1: drive in, yeah.
0: We would come back and put the record on the turntable, right? And we'd all sing along to the music and, and sort of act out some of the yeah, act out right. some of the songs and yeah we i mean we knew that we knew that entire soundtrack by heart every single yeah, one of us did yeah it was it was and you know Grease is it's also fluff it's a musical it's fluff um yeah, yeah. but um you know it, it was an awful lot of fun i remember it being kind of controversial though if you've never seen it i mean it's it was a stage play for years before they they made a movie out of it but the stage play was a little bit more so I was a little bit more self-aware of the ridiculousness of casting, you know, actors in their thirties into high school roles. It's kind of it's supposed to be kind of the kind of the thing on stage. And the the movie played it a little bit more straight, but um, but the you know the <laughs> she you know he's he's the you know he's sort of the he's sort of the the greaser gang member. She's the she's the innocent um, uh she's the innocent normie. Uh, who falls yeah. in with the with the with the girl gang that's sort of the parallel to the boy gang you have the little you know 1950s gang dance off and all this kind of stuff in the end she decides that the way to the the real way to be herself and to get her man is to become a total slut. Um or at least act like <laughs> it
1: <laughs> and uh um but that add, that was not the real Olivia it was not the real Olivia Newton John I knew. No, that I was and
0: that, that was not the real Olivia Newton John. Um you know, one of my, I, I was telling Andrew before we went on the air, this was my very first adolescent celebrity crush, <laughs> was yeah. Olivia Newton-John. And I mean, it it endured.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and no. It, what a it guy. endured until,
0: it endured to, until, what time is it right now? <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
1: Oh, she was yeah, such. She was such a yeah. lovely
0: person, and and um, didn't
1: deserve that long struggle. Nineteen ninety-three, I think, was the diagnosis. Yeah, she had a hard and, life. I mean, she her husband she, disappeared she at one point. It? Really? Oh, I well, didn't yeah. Know one,
0: one of her husbands disappeared while they were on vacation in Mexico. I think he never did reappear. I, I oh. forget what the details on that. I mean, she did not have the easiest of lives,
1: but she was yeah. always cheerful, always you know, always yeah. um, you know she said i think 19 or 2017 that her breast cancer had returned and metastasized so but that still that's what nine more years of struggle uh after the first struggle so yeah yeah and then she was a quite an eloquent uh, and active um, advocate for uh, for breast cancer research yep yep and
0: i think efforts that will not just continue but be um you know amplified after her passing yeah. today so just yeah. you know just to you know offer you know uh, our our love and affection to her and to her family and all of her and friends the, and
1: and the wonderful memory of those good stories which um they endure i mean that, do. what uh, We're all about memories and stories. Uh, Stories. I mean, that the Bible is stories, right? I mean, it's just stories are what unites us. And some of the stories, modern times are more tawdry. And Brian Stelter brought one up. Well,
0: that's what that's what we call (laughs) in the business a segue. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's that's why andrew is that's why andrew is such a a, a professional in this business because he understands that's the right. art of the segue that's... yeah let's talk a little bit about brian stelter now brian stelter was on reliable sources yesterday he was interviewing a biden spokesman named michael la rosa and it, i mean i've got a post by the time this goes up the post will already be up at hot air i've already written a post it's going to go up a little bit after we get to discussing this um, and so I'm going to access it really quickly just so I can make sure that I've got this, I, that I accurately quote Brian Stelter in this. They're talking about um, whether or not Joe Biden's going to run again in 2024, which is suddenly, you know, a topic that you can discuss. His age is a topic you can discuss, but not just his age, Andrew. This is what Brian Stelter said um, to Michael Larosa. Well, what about his son? What about Hunter? Hunter, under federal investigation, charges could be coming anytime this is not just a right-wing media story. This is a real problem for the Bidens. And I said, you know, he's right. It's not just a right-wing media story now. It never was just a right-wing media story. <laughs> it's right. just that Brian Stalter, along with the rest of his colleagues in the mainstream media, acted as though it was, it was... only a right-wing media story. I mean, the uh, the cojones on, on Stalter. I mean, that's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's something else. I mean, that's right. They're the, the only, size, they're the size of potatoes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to work a potato reference in there, Andrew. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. what you did. I see what you did just there. <laughs> Another way in which Andrew Malcolm is the consummate yeah, professional, oh, yeah, you know, but, uh, pro. but I mean, yeah. this is, the reason why it's not a right-wing media story now is because the left-wing media wants Biden to get the hell out of office. I mean, That's he's a right. disaster and they yeah. want to push him out for somebody else in 2024. So suddenly we can now start talking about Hunter Biden and his laptop. Right. and his oh, corruption.
1: It's yeah. a terrible baggage. Ed. I don't know how he could possibly run again.
0: Right. Well, I don't know how he's going to run again when the mainstream media is throwing him under the bus, but, um, but, I mean, A, it's always been a legitimate story. B, not just the <laughs> mainstream media, but big tech conspired to suppress it. This is probably oh, yeah. the worst. Uh, I was just talking to Bob Bork Jr., in fact, about antitrust legislation. Completely different topic, right? But I brought this story up. <laughs> I brought up the Hunter Biden thing because and I said to him, this is, look, this is the, by the way, that podcast is going to be tomorrow. It's a great conversation I have with Bob Bork. Um Son of Robert Bork, the the famous jurist, who does great work on his own. Bob Bork Jr. does great. By work By tomorrow,
1: his own. you mean Tuesday?
0: No, by tomorrow I actually mean Wednesday. It'll oh, okay. be Wednesday's podcast. You're Tuesday's man. Nobody bumps you out of Tuesday. <laughs> Nobody puts Andrew in the corner on yeah, Tuesdays. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> it's a whole other it's a whole other no movie matter, reference. I don't know no if you've matter, ever seen Dirty Dancing, no but no matter what Hunter said on his laptop about me. Yeah, well, you know, he says I a lot own of Tuesdays. This. He yeah. said
0: a lot of crazy things on his laptop and suddenly it's now legitimate news. But I mean, this is part of this whole media narrative thing that really got out of control.
1: It did. It, it, don't it you think it. that
0: this was like the worst example of this was the Biden laptop?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Of, of suppressing, uh, news, which what a year and a half later till the Washington post and New York times, uh, looked at it. Um, you know, they were on within minutes. They were on every mistruth or untruth that Donald Trump said, and and counting it up to into the thousands, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, and yet, we have a sleazebag son of the well, at the time, a man who wanted to be president, who then became president. Uh, uh, with videos, naked videos, drug videos, prostitutes. I mean, the, the whole and and the big guy narratives uh, selling influence with his family name all around the world. Uh, it's, it, and it's all his. I mean, it's it, this wasn't made up by right-wing media. Right-wing media saw it and went, oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I mean... It was the New York Post. I mean, it's, certainly yeah. they're 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 on the right. You know, they're they're on the right side of the spectrum. But it's still a news organization, and it was still news. I mean, Hunter Biden's you know, corruption involving Hunter Biden during Joe Biden's vice presidency should have been news in the twenty twenty cycle, and absolutely and CNN, where Brian Stelter is at, along with the Washington Post, the New York Times and big tech conspired to paint it as paint that reporting as russian disinformation even though people who had been communicating <laughs> with with hunter biden uh, in the emails that were that were reported by the new york post went public and said no that's actually what was being yeah. emailed we i was part of that conversation and that's legit and you couldn't get a major news organization. NPR said we only. NPR we only we only pay attention to to real uh, real news items, not fake news
1: items. I yeah. mean, well, you know, there's a picture of uh, Joe Biden who who took Hunter and um, his granddaughter uh, Finnegan to uh, Beijing with him on an on Air Force Two, on an official government visit. And he took Hunter there so that Hunter could consummate some business deals with Chinese business people that, of course, Joe Biden knew nothing about and never met with. And those pictures of him meeting with them had to be Photoshopped, right, Ed?
0: Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. I mean, again, this is about narrative journalism, right? Now that yeah. now that Joe Biden is a liability for Democrats,
1: yeah,
0: th- 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 they, they, everybody wants to dump him. And so now these media outlets are paying attention to Joe Biden because it benefits them to try to push him out of office. Um, I mean, it's it's the worst of media uh, narrative journalism in both directions. Um, and Stelter's at the center of that. Stelter's absolutely at the center of that.
1: I don't know how they sleep at night. I really don't. They, I guess, they never were professional newspeople. So I, as, uh, as Don Server pointed out, uh, my God, this guy began in journalism in the days of hot type, and I did. Well, <laughs> uh, but back then there were scruples, you know. I mean, you, you, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't be so biased as they as they have become, and I've said this before on our show. I don't know that um, that our mainstream media, which I regard as important for our democracy's proper operation, I don't know that that it can ever regain its credibility. Uh, it's just been years of tawdry distortion um, and even worse. Um, uh, what's the word uh ignoring yeah ignoring things silencing
0: uh, it i mean violence wasn't yeah. even ignoring it i mean with the actively silencing it npr making a big to do about the fact that they weren't going to cover any part of that hunter biden story because it was beneath their dignity to cover it i mean just uh, it's it's insane
1: yeah yeah i don't um uh, it's you know, I feel like I want to go take a shower now. It
0: Well, I'm I'm living in Central Texas, so I kind of feel that way anyway. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm here. <laughs> Somebody didn't tell me Andrew that it got hot in Central Texas. <laughs> I I I feel like I feel like a CNN viewer who who just realized that the Hunter
1: Biden story was legit. Wait a minute, who
0: I I wasn't told that that yeah, was legit. That's,
1: that's right. I I thought I thought uh, Brian Stelter was what's the word a prophet a prophet
0: a prophet he was yeah. a prophet yes um and and i'm i am shocked shocked to discover otherwise i'm shocked shocked to discover that you have 100 degree sur- days out here in central texas
1: i'm i'm surprised that he's still there i mean if discovery wants he, to
0: you know it's interesting too because um puck news which i have only just recently become aware of uh is reporting that um Discoveries, um, discoveries guy, David Zaslav, I think is his name, the guy that's running yeah. things now over yeah. you know, in um, Warner Brothers, which owns CNN, um, that they're going to start doing some wholesale layoffs starting next month. But I mean, there there were rumors that Stelter's uh, job was on the chopping block, you know, last in, in the springtime, and he was yeah. supposed to be gone by June. I mean. For some reason, he's still there. I don't know why, but for some
1: reason, he's still there. Well, he's got videotapes on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but now, they're fake. They're fake, Ed.
0: Okay, okay folks, just, just to make sure that we're, we're clear on this... We are, we are not reporting that. We are merely oh, no. we, are re, we are merely having some fun. Satirizing. Still, we are
1: satirizing, we were
0: satirizing yes. it, yes. Uh, he knows where the bodies are buried, apparently, is what Andrew is saying. I, and actually, I'm not even sure that that's the case. Maybe they just haven't gotten around to it. Um, because <laughs> in the summertime, I mean, let's face it, in the summertime, there's not much need to make a bunch of changes. But after Labor Day you know, people are going to start paying attention to
1: the to the midterms a little bit more. Yeah, but if you want to can somebody, now's the time. People yeah. aren't paying attention.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, is that um, if, if Zaslav really is going to make those types of cuts at CNN that have been rumored about getting rid of the really hard uh, ideological voices and going back to a, a more traditional news model at CNN, then Stelter's got to be one of the first guys to go.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Lemon
0: and lemon and lemon yeah so yeah i'm I'm a little surprised he's still there too well let's talk a little bit about what you're writing about because um you've got a couple of things going on here in the vip section um one of which is extremely popular by the way You're malcolm on the right uh podcast this this week about woke companies losing favor with americans these days yeah. one of the hottest um one of the hottest uh short podcasts that we've got in the whole uh town hall media group um i don't know what you call it the 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 Town Hall Media Group, domain.
1: Uh, yeah, domain. <laughs> the yeah.
0: Domain. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are very interested in your thoughts on woke companies losing favor with Americans. Yeah.
1: Well, it was it was interesting. There was a poll that uh, was done, and it's all in in the post. Uh, and they found that the companies. Uh, it's an annual poll of the reputation of companies. This is like uh, Joe Biden's. Um, plummeting job approval except it's about companies and some stay at the top like trader joe's that's always near the top and and um starbucks moves around a little bit and then there's some grocery store chains that are very popular uh but disney oops it plummeted Uh, and it plummeted because it got involved in the woke business uh the the new head of Disney, Chapic was uh, reluctant. He didn't want to say anything about Florida's don't, alleged don't-say-gay law, um, but uh, 190,000 Disney employees. There was a sizable, vocal minority there that felt the company had to take a stand. And so they did, and he became very vocal in opposition to the law. And the state legislature became very vocal in opposition to Disney, a California company, getting involved in Florida politics. So they took away Disney's uh, special tax status, which is worth millions. Um, they and they took it away, which will cost uh, Disney, Disney customers, Disney residents uh, a fortune over time. Uh, all because they wanted to get involved. What the the reputation of Disney plummeted from the 30s down into the 60s of the top 100 companies. So it was just interesting. I thought that uh, there was such a thing as a job approval for for company, very visible American companies that we all know.
0: Yeah, I, and, and I think that most people are fed up about it, which is the reason why that podcast yeah. was so very popular this week. Not, not, not to mention that it was you.
1: And that your podcasts are always oh, of popular. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to know what I think about everything. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when they when they came to me about, why, would you like to do a Malcolm on the Right podcast? And I thought, well, okay. It's sort of a uh, latter-day Andy Rooney. and um, Except I'm not <laughs> quite as skilled as, as uh, in, in being a curmudgeon. Uh, but it's great fun, you know, every week to uh, to come up with something to talk about in short form. It's only three or four minutes long. Uh, and there was um, one, uh, one of them a couple of weeks ago was about summer road trips, family summer road trips and oh, yeah. that nostalgia about that. Yep. And a uh, couple of people, there was a woman on the weekend, I guess she heard it, listened to it late and she was driving somewhere and, and listened to it on a family road trip. <laughs> how <laughs> oh, very meta so, yeah 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 well so, you know I, I should do it it's I nice do to it. have that rel- that uh, sort of an audio relationship the way you and i have had for what is it now three four months ed
0: oh yeah i think maybe maybe six weeks something like that i forget i forget what it is <laughs> um yeah i mean i maybe i should do an actual andy rooney um yeah you know uh podcast because you know what is it about woke about these woke companies you know, I always just assumed that woke meant that you were just, you know, aware. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I I, I, I used to love those <laughs> Andy Rooney. Used to love well, those roo-
1: pick, pick somebody else, in because I'm trying to do the Rooney. Oh, thing. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll stop
0: doing. It will wipe me out here. What's the? What was the guy that uh, on 60 Minutes? it was always? Um, it was. Uh, it was a Jack Anderson and Sheila. Oh. I can't think of her last name. And, um, uh, that was, that was a thing that prompted the Saturday night live, uh, satire yeah. where Dan Aykroyd told Jane Curtin, Jane, you ignorant slut. Um, oh, that,
1: that was a wonderful bit.
0: That was a wonderful bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I'll have to find somebody else. You, you're, you're locking up the curmudgeon, uh, you're, you're, you're cornering the curmudgeon <laughs> market there, but, um, <laughs> But fortunately, you're also doing a lot of writing and you've got a post up about Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit and how it shows that Joe Biden is diplomatic, diplomatic weakling that he is. Now, I'm actually very conflicted about this because I think once she announced that she wanted to go to Taiwan, she really needed to follow through on it. But on the other hand, I'm not necessarily sure that that was actually a smart decision in the first place, because frankly, um... (laughs) We didn't we don't need to necessarily poke the bear here or, you know, poke the panda, I guess, because we're poking the bear on the other side of the continent in regard to Ukraine. And I'm I'm thinking that that was the only reason for that, in my view, is that Nancy Pelosi doesn't anticipate being in Congress after the first of next year. Exactly. And she wants to get this in while she can
1: she she's always takes these trips remember she went and had a controversial trip to see Bashar al-Assad and uh in Syria uh with with her little scarf on when it was inappropriate to do that and we had just pulled our, our ambassador we didn't have relations with them anymore yeah she's she's a she's a piece of work and she annoys people she has a way of doing that um and uh uh, she gets away with it because she's in a, a powerful position. Right now, my research showed that um, it was supposed to be a quiet visit, uh, and uh, they weren't going to announce it publicly until she was gone, and then it would be less of a flaunting in your face. Right to uh, to Zee, uh, but the as i understand it the biden white house leaked it to the media and if the president is saying something about it then the media pays attention to it and that became a big big controversy and then she had to go i think um otherwise it she's first of all from her personal point of view she's caving to joe I i thought they were in the same i thought they were in the same party he was opposed to her going for the very reason you said, he, he, he's trying to keep Z from helping Russia too much in Ukraine. Uh, but if, so from her personal point of view, she had to go. But also from a diplomatic point of view, you, you can't have the, the chairman in China telling an American politician what they can and cannot do. Right. Um, and you know if you want to talk about controversy it was biden we've had the policy of strategic ambiguity forever uh and it was joe biden who just a few weeks ago said well of course we'll defend taiwan well uh yeah <laughs> uh, it's that was a big gap yeah that's like that's like when he was in poland and he said well of course we have troops in in ukraine uh no so uh he I mean we do have we do have observers there right there and they're studying uh captured Russian equipment and destroyed Russian equipment and tactics and they're uh, apparently Ukraine has done a really good job of attacking type listening in on on Russian communications and this is very helpful for us and for NATO to know uh how screwed up the Russian military is and um Ukraine has has been doing for its size um it's been punching above its weight yep um now I should um I might share uh a personal story I was involved in a visit with Nancy Pelosi her daughter Alexandria remember her she's the one that did that little alleged documentary on the 2000 Bush campaign um the little video doc well she yep. taped everybody talking about it and we all knew that she said oh this is all off the record this is just for me but then of course she made a documentary out of it so anyway that was Pelosi's daughter and she sent word on the during the campaign that her mother wanted to meet very much with george w bush so i arranged the meeting huh. and we we did it in the airport in fresno and with her and the, the daughter and uh Mrs. Bush was there as well. I got to tell you, Ed, Nancy Pelosi. I've never seen anybody suck up to somebody <laughs> worse, worse than Nancy Pelosi. I mean, it was, it was. If you were diabetic, you would have a real problem being in that room. It, it she was so oh, so looking for. Of course, you're going to win, and I'm so looking forward to. Uh, to uh, to working with you closely and so on and so forth. I guess she was angling to be speaker then. She hadn't been yet. Right. Uh, And uh, uh, at one point, uh, uh, I got a strange look from one of the Bush family members. we like, good God, what is this about? And of course, George W. handled it very professionally. And he was good working with Democrats. Um, He liked them and he knew a lot of them when he was when he was younger and uh, had worked with them in the um as governor in fact i I forget his name now but the lieutenant governor was a democrat they were elected separately there and he uh, uh bush went to meet him before his election as governor And said he was looking forward like nancy did i was looking forward to working with him and the democrat waited see in the media that the meeting was leaked and it wasn't anyway long story short they became very close friends and in his will when he died um he asked that george uh, w bush give the eulogy at his funeral um so i mean people make fun of bush for you know, working and talking and being friendly with Michelle Obama and all that. But that's just his style or he can, he can get along with him. And he got a lot done in Texas with that when the legislature was Democrat. So yeah. anyway, it was just an interesting story. Uh, that was my, my big uh, peek into the uh, operating mannerisms of, of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, good column. Um, Thank you. And, and I'm still not exactly sure what it was that Pelosi thought she was accomplishing uh, with that now,
1: getting in the news eventually. I but guess, yeah, I right. guess.
0: But yeah, I think that uh, that was her swan song um, as, yeah. and not just as, not just as house speaker, but basically as a member of Congress, because I think this next time when she loses the gavel that she's just going to resign and let California hold a special election in that oh so precarious democratic uh district of san
1: francisco
0: yeah (laughs) she's really she's
1: really fixed it up that that district in san francisco
0: i think it's d plus 63 in the cook index and that means that there's only 63 republicans in the entire (laughs) district Yeah, so um yeah um so yes like
1: wyoming uh uh is like um thousands and thousands of Republicans and I think there's thirty thousand Democrats registered in in Wyoming and allegedly Liz Cheney's trying to get them to switch over, but I don't think even if all of them did that uh, that that would be enough to save her this time.
0: No, I I mean it'll be interesting to see what the how that works out, but I think Liz Cheney is going to be uh retired. <laughs> By uh, um, yeah by, retired by the that...
1: from the house but uh, yeah oh yeah yeah I that's what i mean yeah he's gonna be around for a while yeah well her
0: father's so, still around i mean he's cutting ads for her in wyoming yeah. so you know he's not even and, retired And
1: in the ad you know there, there he did well i don't remember how long it was a minute he did um uh, speaking about her he didn't say wyoming once it was yeah. all trump it was all anti-trump the yeah. worst the bit worst threat to the united states in our history you know, and the irony of
0: this is, even if you agree on that point, which you know, I'm I'm unhappy what what happened after the 2020 election. But even if you agree on that point, you know, Democrats were calling Dick Cheney the worst threat the American. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that was an accusation thrown at Dick Cheney during the yeah. um during yeah. the Bush years. So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting how politics comes around. Anyway. We're going to have more on all of this stuff next week because we're going to do this all again next week, Andrew, because it's
1: always Tuesday. Oh my gosh, we're going to do this. I think, Ed, we're going to do this till we get it right.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that might take a while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That might take a very
0: long while, Andrew Malcolm. Don't forget that Andrew is the prince of Twitter at A.H. Malcolm on the Twitters. He's at Red State. He's the regent of redstate.com. Great stuff going on over at Red State. And, Andrew, we'll talk next week. Okay. Thank you, Edward. Thanks, everybody. See you then. See you then. Stay tuned for just a little bit more from The Ed Morrissey Show coming up right after this. Thank you for watching and listening to The Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Be sure to subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to get alerted as soon as new episodes get published. You can support The Ed Morrissey Show and Hot Air's VIP reporting by becoming a VIP member too. Visit hotairvip.com and use the promo code SAVEAMERICA, all one word, for 40% off your membership. Choose VIP Gold and gain membership to access to all of the town hall sites. Thanks again for watching and listening.